Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Scott Radley joins the show to recap an incredible year in sports. I tell you how much the 12 days of Christmas really cost. Grab some popcorn because I'm reading funny letters that kids send to Santa Claus. Paul and Shona chew on some hot topics on the Good Morning Hamilton roundtable. And Messi and Mbappe are magical on the world stage. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. Well, in the first of Good Morning Hamilton's week-long year-in-review series, we're going to focus on the highs and the lows in the world of sports here in 2022. A lot of, well, a lot of those, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a giant roller coaster of ups and downs when it comes to the sporting landscape. And here to help recap it is Scott Radley. He's the host of the Scott Radley Show, which you can hear weeknights 6 to 8 on 900. CHML and also a columnist in the Hamilton Spectator. Scott, good morning. How are you? I'm great, Rick. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thanks for coming on air to uh, recap what an eventful year it was, especially locally when you consider the Bulldogs, Forge FC, the Hamilton Honey Badgers, uh, all winning national championships or provincial championships in their leagues. What a year it was locally. Yeah, and, you know, let's get the bad out of the way. The only team that didn't really do it was the Ticats. Yeah. And had they been able to replicate what they did the year before, boy, uh, you would have almost had a clean sweep. But you're right. Once that's out of the way, the three local teams, the big local teams, um, all had great years. And then where it really gets crazy is when you look at individual performances of Hamilton athletes in all over the place in leagues and sports all over the place. I think you can make a very compelling argument that this was Hamilton's best ever year in sports. And you know, you point to an athlete like Sarah nurse who yep. not only wins an Olympic gold with the women's hockey team, uh, but also sets a tournament record for points in the tourney. And that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of local athletes rising to the occasion and doing some incredible things. Well, she didn't just do that. She won a world championship later in the summer and then got on the cover of EA Sports NHL 23. Uh, pretty good year for her, first <laughs> woman to be on there. Um, but let's go down the list of a few others. You've got uh, Milan Borjan, who was the goalie for Canada's World Cup team, first time in the World Cup in 36 years. And anyone who remembers qualifying will remember he was a huge reason why Canada won a bunch of their games. Uh, so you would put him on the list of people who might be in contention if you think about best athletes of the year. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, NBA player, Oklahoma City Thunder. He is, and this is amazing to me, he is the third leading scorer in the entire NBA right now. He's a guy who seems, I don't know why, Rick, he's a guy around here, maybe because, well, I don't know, he, he, he flies under the radar around here, I think. And yet he is arguably the biggest name star from Hamilton, period, period, end of story. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you've got him. I, I read something yesterday that they, you know, all the different ways to analyze everything else, that he is the most efficient player in the NBA right now. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds good. It sounds <laughs> impressive. Must be pretty good. Um, yeah, you got Sarah Nurse, as you said. You got Mackenzie Hughes, who won a PGA golf tournament this year. That's not easy to do. Uh, certainly you've got, um, the one now you tell me if this guy even qualifies, does Nathan Rourke qualify as a local guy? Cause he's just on the border. He, he played his minor football in Burlington. He's from Oakville. Yeah. 
you know, when he's doing well, we probably, you know, bring him in and say, yeah, of course you're from around here. If he does has a bad year, now nah, you're more from Oakville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's really on on the fence or on the cusp of being, I guess, a local star athlete who had a phenomenal half season with the BC Lions, and it's too bad he got hurt because his statistics at the end of the year, at least they were trending to be the all-time record-breaking best, and that is saying a lot for a Canadian kid playing quarterback in the CFL nowadays where, you know, you have so many players changing from team to team each and every year, but for him in his first full season to be that good was remarkable. It was, and had he not been injured, you're right. I mean, already, and I think it was unfair, already there were people who were saying, you know, Russ Jackson, he's like Russ Jackson. you got to give him a couple years to, to reach Russ Jackson's yeah. status. You've got to do this for three, four, five years. But nonetheless, it shows you, when those comparisons come up, it shows you how eager and ready people are to find a Canadian quarterback who is a star. He's not just a filler. He's not just a guy who can come in and play a few downs. He's a star in the league, and that's what Nathan Rourke was. We are recapping the year that was in 2022 in sports with Scott Radley, the host of The Scott Radley Show, weeknights 6 to 8, and a columnist with The Hamilton Spectator. When we uh, look at local sports, we do have to discuss the rebuild of First Ontario Centre because it is literally changing the landscape of local sports. It is in a lot of different ways. Physically, with the way the building is going to look, we haven't we haven't really seen yet exactly what it's going to look like. We we assume that when you're going to pour a minimum, we're told of a hundred million dollars in, that it's going to be nice. I I, I would assume if it doesn't, um, the architects have something to answer for. If you're going to spend a hundred million bucks and not turn it into something glorious, there's something wrong. So I'm assuming this will look like a palace when it's done. But it's also meant that in the short term and long term that uh, the Hamilton Honey Badgers have said we can't wait around and promote the, the the product and then have our team disappear. So they're gone. They're they've moved permanently. Uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs are going to be out for two years. The Rock are going to be out for a year or two, probably closer to two. So yeah, so we are going to have for a couple of years um, most of our teams in this city not in this city. That's you know, if you're a sports fan, that's not ideal. It really isn't. And, and especially with some of the momentum that that has been building. I mean, the Toronto Rock have been drawing really good crowds. The Bulldogs with their championship, their second championship last year. Even the Honey Badgers. I mean, it, it's a different level of basketball than the NBA, obviously. But starting to get some traction. They finally won a championship last year. And now they're gone. I mean, it's, it's, it's not ideal, but... If you're going to rebuild, I guess I don't know what the option is. Yeah, that, certainly uh, some choppy waters in terms of local sports with First Ontario Centre being rebuilt and those teams not having that facility to play their home games. We'll keep an eye on that for sure. We're also going to keep an eye on Scott Radley's coffee mug because he's going to stick around to refill that. I will too. And we'll talk more sports coming up after the break. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Another look at the year that was in sports, and it was an entertaining one at that, and we do so with Scott Radley, the host of the Scott Radley Show, weeknight 6 to 8 here on CHML, and also a columnist with the Hamilton Spectator. Scott, uh, we referenced the Hamilton Tiger Cats failing to live up to the hype that was generated last year when they went to their second consecutive Grey Cup final. This year, there's more hype even in the offseason because they have traded for the rights to quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell. They have exclusive negotiating rights with him until free agency begins in February. Where do you see Mitchell playing in 2023? 
Well, wherever, whoever is quarterback for the Hamilton Ticats, I hope they don't in any way replicate the New England Patriots final play of the game from last <laughs> night. If the Ticats do that, and anyone hasn't seen this, go watch it. If that happens, everyone involved with the team should be shown right to the door and say, thank you, we'll try again. Wasn't that incredible? Um, un- unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, go, people. it's too hard to explain. People have to go watch the video yeah. of this to think this is the last play of a Bill Belichick game. Anyway, um, the, the thing with Bo Levi Mitchell is uh, I don't know if he's going to sign here. Um, obviously, nobody does yet. Maybe he does. Maybe his wife does. I don't know. Maybe the Ticats do. But you hope that if he does... And you trust that if he does, what you're getting is the Bo Levi Mitchell that has been really one of the great CFL quarterbacks for a decade now, and that he has juice left in the tank, and that you're not getting Jason Moss or Casey Printers or go down the list of some of the other quarterbacks the Ticats got in years past who were stars who came here, and you realized the real the reason they were available from their team is because they were just kind of done and so uh who knows if he comes here i mean certainly i think the ticats rick and i think you probably agree i mean when you do the fifth quarter you analyze this team closer than pretty much anyone i think the ticats had way more talent on their roster than their results showed last year and if you put if you put a couple pieces in place in the right spots maybe you activate that talent better and you get way better results out of the season that's my expectation yeah I I thought this team was capable of 10 maybe 11 wins in 2022 they fell short of that you know one and done in the playoffs injuries certainly played a part in that but also ineffective play played a big part in that so I I have no idea what Mitchell is going to do I know that he has said he wants to test free agency and that might and why wouldn't he well yeah I mean this this is his last big deal right he's 33 this is the last kick at the can and trying to get a big contract so yeah, more power to him. I'm not sure where he's going to end up. Wherever he goes, that team's going to be just a little bit better. That is for sure. Well, and and maybe maybe all he's doing here, I mean, it doesn't hurt to look at the market. I mean, Hamilton can show him everything it's got to offer. And maybe what ends up happening is the Ticast feel whatever the best offer is from somewhere else will up it. And maybe that's what ends up happening in the end. Uh, because the, the fact that they made the trade for him has to speak to how serious they how seriously they want him and what they're willing to do to yeah. get him. Uh, so we'll see. But there there are a lot of teams in the CFL that need a quarterback. It seems so. Uh, Hamilton will not be his only option. We're going to talk uh, in greater length about Bo Levi Mitchell on tomorrow's edition of Good Morning Hamilton. So stay tuned for that. Leafs, Blue Jays, Raptors all made the playoffs and all did not last very long in the playoffs. Which one of those three teams is closest to playing in a final? Or winning a championship? Uh, not the Raptors, not right now. Um, the NBA just doesn't, is not built for teams that don't have a superstar. And we've seen that again and again and again, at least not, you know, for the elitist of the elite teams. The Blue Jays, you know, they're, they're a conundrum because they're a good team who, you know, people will remember going into last year's season, everyone was saying they're the World Series favorites, and they didn't look like that a lot of time. They were really good, but never so amazing that you said, wow, they're just going to roll everybody. And the Leafs, I mean, I know what everyone's going to say is, you know, they haven't won in 18 years. And well, surely, uh, purely statistically, 
there has to be a bounce that goes their way at some point. There has to be some, surely at some point when you flip a coin enough times, eventually it's going to land on a head. And I mean, the, the thing the Leafs have going against them is that they are in a division where almost without fail, they are going to end up having to play Boston, which is the best team in the league, or Tampa in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, you know, good, and good luck. <laughs> that's And then if you win that, you got to play the other one in the second round. So there are other divisions that if the Leafs were in them, I would bet all the money I have they would have won a playoff series by now. So I, I would say probably the Leafs, but not with great conviction. Yeah. I'm there with you there. I might lean a little closer to the Blue Jays, but uh, they, they have to prove to me that they can win when it counts. That's for sure. Scott, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you for recapping what a phenomenal year it was in 2022 and all the best in 2023. Thanks, Rick. You too. And to Scott Radley, he is the host of The Scott Radley Show. You can hear him weeknight 6 until 8. He's also a columnist, as you probably know as well, with the Hamilton Spectator. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. How much money does the 12 days of Christmas actually cost? Well, if you added it up, it's a lot of money. And don't go about doing that because I have all the information that you need. And it's it's actually done by PNC. It's, It's Bank in America for the last 39 years. PNC has crunched the numbers and figured out what it would cost if you purchased all of the items in the Christmas song, The 12 Days of Christmas. We know that food prices are sky high, right? Up 108 to 10.7% this year. So let's go through the list here. Uh, this is how it works. I, I read to you what the item is in the song, and we, we look at the cost. So a partridge in a pear tree, believe it or not, the price has gone up 25.8% from last year. The cost is $280.18. The cost of the bird is the same. The cost of the pear tree, believe it or not, has gone way up because of the high cost of fertilizer, which is a common denominator on this list for some reason. Two turtle doves. You're going to spend 33.3% more for two turtle doves this year. Again, because of the price of feed. The total cost for these two birds, $600.00. Yeesh. Three French hens. Yeah, that's going to set you back a pretty penny. You're going to pay 25% more this year for three French hens. Again, it's the darn feed. Those three French hens ring up at $318.75 to be exact. Four calling birds. Where do you get a good calling bird these days? And what's the recipe for it? Or maybe you're just looking at these calling birds. I don't know. Either way, four calling birds are going to cost you $599.96. That's a lot of money. Uh, Five gold rings. Yes, a pretty penny. Final cost of these rings, $1,245. That's 39.1% more this year compared to last year. Thank you, inflation. Six geese a laying. How much do you think six geese are going to set you back? Well... Higher than last year, that's that's a fact. 9.1% more this year compared to last. The six large waterfowl are going to ring you in at $720. My guess is not many people are going to have geese for their Christmas <laughs> dinner on Sunday. Seven swans of swimming. Why are there so many birds in this song, by the way? Seven swans of swimming is actually the price held 
fairly steady this year compared to last. In fact, zero price change. Are they eating bird feed? I guess not. One swung costs you $1,875. All seven of them ring in at $13,124.93. My oh my. Eight maids a milkin. Well, this is a bargain. $58. The total cost for aid, aid, eight mill maids a milking this year is $58. I guess they did not get a pay hike. Come on, maids. Unionize already. Get some more money in your jeans. Nine ladies dancing is up 10% from last year. These nine, William, uh, nine women dancing around will set you back $8,308.12. Ten lords a-leaping. Well, these guys charge too much. $13,980, up 24.2% compared to last year. All right, to go along with the 10 lords a-leaping, we need those 11 pipers piping. Cost of them is up 2.6% this year. The additional cost reflects rising worker pay. Well, what happened with the maids? They're not getting paid. The 11 pipers are going to ring in at $3,021.40. Finally... 12 drummers drumming. Also up 2.6% due to rising worker compensation. Each drummer costs $275. A dozen of them comes in at $3,266.93. So according to PNC Bank, the grand total for all 12 days of Christmas is a pretty penny. $45,523.27, up 10.5% from last year. If you did the grand total of all 12 days repeated like they do in the song, that's $197,071.09. That represents all 364 presents when they are repeated over and over again in the song. So there you go. Damn you, inflation. Forty-five grand for the 12 days of Christmas. That, uh, that's a pretty penny. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. He is checking that list twice. He, he did it once. He's like, I don't know, boys and girls. I better check this thing again. Because you don't want any of those naughty kids slipping out of the nice list. Or vice versa. That would be even worse. Have you ever written... A letter to Santa Claus. I'm sure you did when you were a kid. That was, I remember being in school, writing a letter to Santa. All right, kids, we're all going to write a letter to Santa. Tell him what you want for Christmas. Because we know that Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. (laughs) When you sat down as a kid to make a list, you know, so many things popped in your mind. Like, what do I want? All right, Santa, what what can you bring me? And you would ask for everything under the sun. Some things that were unachievable for mom and dad. (laughs) Or whatever the case was. It reminds me of this. Now, what's on your list this holiday season, Margaret Jo? Well, Terry, I really got greedy this year. I'm asking Chris Kringle for a wooden bowl, some oversized index cards, and a funnel. Ooh, a funnel. That'll be great for funneling. I know. I I feel like a glutton. What's on your list, Terry? Well, I'm only asking Santa for one thing, a big box of glue traps to help me deal with my excessive rat problem. (laughs) 
Now tell me, um, are you, Margaret Jo, going to leave any treats out for Santa this year? Oh, absolutely. I always do. I like to leave Santa some tap water and rice. <laughs> If Santa's anything like me, Christmas foods really wreak havoc on the old digestive system. What are you going to leave, Terry? Uh, I can't ever leave food out in my apartment because I have an excessive rat problem. <laughs> Yeah, those rats will get it, that's for sure. Tap water and rice, I'm not sure Santa would appreciate that. Kids come up with some unique lists, that is for sure. Like this Christmas wish from a child named Addison, who writes, Dear Santa, I am Addison. I have been good. Lots of good. I want a doll like Cayman. I want whatever I want. You fix it with your elves. My brother is Jackson. By the time it is Christmas, he will be grown up. Bring him baby diapers. When I was three, he peed in my mouth one time. I spit it out. <laughs> Bring mommy a new breast milk pump thing. Bring daddy a new pair of shorts and pants. I like Rudolph and Prancer and Dancer. What kind of cookies do you want? I love you. Ain't that nice? Love, Addison. It's great that Addison is also thinking of her brother and parents as well. But she also makes the statement, I want whatever I want. So I guess Santa has to... <laughs> But two and two together. Uh, here's one that's quite to the point as we read some funny and bizarre Christmas wish lists from kids. Uh, this child named Eric writes, Dear Santa, I want two orange goldfish and a jet. I'm not sure those go hand in hand, but he certainly is to the point. And it's quite a succinct list as well. This child writes, Dear Santa, have I been doing well? If I have, can I please have one of these things? Please. Number one, a fishtail skateboard. Number two, an Xbox. Number three, high woman's shoes for my mom. <laughs> nice to see that this, this child is thinking of their mother. A drone with a camera. Hmm. And number five, with a star around number five is take a picture of yourself please with the lg phone on the wooden table now, i'm not sure if santa actually did that uh here is uh this looks like a series of back and forths between a child and santa claus as we look at some funny christmas wish lists from kids to santa claus dear santa and deer is like the animal deer i am writing this on the day after xmas and i am very sad I only received one of the two presents I asked for. Since you ate my cookies, I will assume that my mistake, my missing gifts, was a mistake. I will give you one week to fix this. <laughs> Signed, Jeremy. So Santa writes back to Jeremy and says, Jeremy, I am sorry you're disappointed with your presents. You asked for two very expensive presents, and Santa could only do so much. You need to learn to be grateful for what you have, not upset about what you don't. If you continue to complain, I've no choice but to add you to the naughty list next year. Signed, Santa. So Jeremy fires back, Dear Fatty, your threats don't scare me. I played your game and you did not deliver. This is not okay. I will give you one week and then you will pay. Jeremy, P.S. I don't know why you care that it is expensive when you have elf slaves to make things for you. I think you are naughty for having slaves. So Santa fires back, dear Jeremy, you're being a very little bad boy because you cannot be happy with what you have. I have talked to your parents and told them to take away your Wii U. 
Now you have nothing. Once you learn to be grateful, perhaps you can have it back. I'm very disappointed in you, Jeremy. You will need to be an extra good boy this year if you want to make it back on the nice list. So Jeremy fires one last salvo who says, Dear Santa, I do not like that stunt you pulled with my parents. You are on my naughty list now. Be afraid. You look slow and easy to kill. (laughs) Enjoy your cookies next year because they will be poison. I hope you die. Jeremy, who's now not a non-believer of Santa Claus. My gosh. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Time for the Good Morning Hamilton roundtable with Paul and Shona, Monday morning edition. How are you two? The band is back together. I'm awesome. Yes. The band is back together, and I did not accomplish what I was going to accomplish, and that was start my shopping because it would be very, very wrong of me to start my shopping too early for Christmas. Too early. (laughs) So I will be getting someday... One day this week. Oof. That, that is, man, that's pressure packed. It, well, you know, I like to keep it exciting. But is, is How it the... How much can you get at a Circle K, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Yes, they are. There, there must be an adrenaline rush with that, though. Oh, there is. Well, you know, I, 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 I thrive under pressure, Rick. Oh, I, I know. I thrive under pressure. I know. So, yes, there is an... I, I used to wait to Christmas Eve... But you know, wow. they, even circle, even those circle K restaurants, <laughs> stores were empty there. So the I usually go about now. I thrive now. under pressure. I believe is the motto for the Canadian procrastinators. I always find, <laughs> as a as a, an experienced last minute shopper yes. at Christmas, <laughs> I find the week before Christmas, actually the malls have calmed down, the stores and all that kind of stuff. Mm. The real crap, the, the horrible time for shopping is the beginning of the month. Now we're into it's just a bunch of men. <laughs> Looking bewildered. Oh, yes. Right. And the weeping mothers with just all a those little. screaming kids, they're gone. They're, they're gone, gone, yes. Yeah, it's just a bunch of it's men now. Picturing Limeridge Mall just stuffed with men wandering around, <laughs> wondering what to do. Well, you know those benches? They're, they're full. They're full with just sitting men going, you know, staring aimlessly. And, and if you had a drone shot yeah. of the mall, it would be a bit like that old video game Pong. <laughs> men going from store to store. What do I get? What do I get? What do I get? Uh, yeah, the phrase, have you got anything yet? <laughs> you meet total strangers, yes. but you're united. Yes. It would ultimately lead to, hey, did you check out the Bears game the other day? <laughs> <laughs> um, we had uh, the pleasure of watching uh, what I thought was a wonderful World Cup tournament in Qatar over the next uh, or the last month or so. Um, a phenomenal final, maybe one of the best soccer games, period, yesterday, and, and what was uh, an excellent uh, cap to a, a crazy tournament. In four years' time, this event's going to be in Canada, the U.S. and Mexico co-hosting as well. Games will be played in Toronto and Vancouver as well. Did any of the action, Paul, over the last month spur you to think, mm-hmm. wow, i gotta, I got to go to one of these games? No, but it did spur me to say I'm going to actually watch some soccer um, <laughs> live, hmm. live soccer in the meantime, but going to one of the games, I think it would be rude of me to take a ticket from somebody <laughs> who really actually still does care. Oh, I see. Okay, I see even though I, I was, I mean, I followed Canada. Once they were done, my interest in the World Cup was about the same as it was in previous years. Right. Which was all like all of my friends. Almost none. Yeah. Shona, would you want to go to a game or do you plan to go to a game in four years? I would want to, but I think it's just adorable that the pair of you think there might be any tickets available. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't, I said I wasn't going, Shona. 
<laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you know, it's Rick's going to use the media thing to get. It. I will try my <laughs> yes. darndest. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be. It's a long and illustrious list. It's yeah. going to be wild to try and get in because yeah. you know if their games going to be played at BMO, which I know is going to be expanded, but still, we're not talking sixty or eighty thousand seats. We're talking you know maybe forty-ish, right? Um, and you're only going to get a handful of games there. Canada, I think, is going to host about ten games. So, I would say the secondary ticket market's going to be unaffordable, as most of these, you know, huge events are. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't get one of the tickets from whoever's going to be selling them, you're going to be out of luck, I yeah. think. But yeah, I definitely plan to go, because it's going to be the only time, really, that I get to go. Did I tell you the time I almost won tickets to the World Cup final? What? No, yeah. you, you almost won Almost them. won. It was a radio station in another city, and I, I had a chance to win the tickets, and I didn't get their trivia question right, which is, I still call a farce, because I had the right <laughs> answers. Uh, at the end of the day, I did not win ticket. This you was mean, to the 94 just, World Cup. Just getting through on a call like that is uh, quite a win. So you were able to do that, but then couldn't win, get and the And then I did question? not get the answer oh. that they had. I'm guessing farce answer. was not the word you used at the time. No, but oh. the saving grace was the final of the 94 World Cup was Italy-Brazil. The Italians lose in penalties. Uh, Roberto Baggio misses his iconic penalty kick, which is one of the most tragic Penalties, if you're an Italian fan, of all time. And uh, so I would have went all the way to Pasadena, California, in the Rose Bowl, <laughs> watching the World Cup final, and uh, Italy loses. Like, that would have been horrible. Oh. Yeah, but it, you'd still be able to talk I about know. It. You'd be able to say, at and, least I was there. And now I'm just talking about almost winning a contest. Almost winning, and that it <laughs> was you, rigged. Yeah. It was had rigged you, against you, he know. said. Had you been there, it would have been different. I'm sure it I believe that in my heart of hearts. And you know what? <laughs> to make matters worse, I passed up on a trip to the Dominican Republic that summer to watch the World Cup wow. in 1994. That's, that? You are one dedicated fan. Well, I'm thinking, I'm not going to get to watch the World Cup in Dominican. You're going to be on the beach all the time. I'm staying home to watch soccer. They don't have TV in Dominican? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> Uh, hey, let's get your vote for today's Christmas Music Madness contest today. We have Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow by Dean Martin. Shona, is Dean Martin taking down It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams? He is not. Hey, Andy gets your vote, Paul? Andy still gets my vote. Yep. Me too. It's yep. three for three. Andy might be just going all the way. We shall see. One of those two songs will advance to the final four. You vote for your favorite today at 900CHML.com. And join me in the shopping this week, boys and girls. <laughs> Come on yes. out for all the fun. It's, a, it's the most wonderful time of year. <laughs> at your local Circle K. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900CHML. Well, it was a phenomenal World Cup in Qatar over the last month. Teams from uh, Africa, Asia, South America, North America, Europe, uh, um, Australia, everywhere in between participated in the quadrennial event in which one soccer nation among the hundreds that participate um, got to celebrate a global victory, and that was Argentina. And finally, at 35 years of age, in what is his, or what was his last World Cup, Lionel Messi, one of the greatest players of all time, not just his generation, finally won soccer's biggest prize. Wasn't easy, though. I mean, Argentina went up 2-0 on France, who were actually both among the pre-tournament favorites to win the event, along with Brazil and the likes of England, Belgium was up there, Germany. Uh, Spain, the Netherlands, all these teams vying for 
a championship, but it was Argentina that beat France 4-2 in a penalty shootout. But Argentina looked to be controlling this this match. They were up 2-0. And with about uh, 15 minutes or so left in the game, Kylian Mbappe, the superstar for France, said, all right, enough of this. We're coming back. Scores on a penalty in the 90 seconds later, evens the game with a remarkable volley into the back of the net and were tied unbelievably going to extra time. And these two teams weren't done there. They both scored in extra time. Argentina with Leo Messi getting a remarkable goal. And then France with Mbappe tying the game on another penalty. So 3-3 after regulation time and extra time or overtime, they go to the penalty kicks. And Argentina beats France 4-2. And a lot of hoopla. Uh, you know, Messi was obviously finally a champion. And he's won a number of other championships, whether it's in the Spanish League or the Champions League, you name it, Olympic medal. Uh, he finally won the World Cup. And one of the best parts about this is just watching the fans celebrate with their flags, celebrate with their country people, uh, winning the whole thing. Among them, Andres Cantor, the Buenos Aires-born Argentinian-American broadcast legend who called the penalty in which won the World Cup for Argentina. Check it out. Va Montiel! Montiel! You can uh, hear you can hear the emotion in his voice. He was crying. His color analyst could not get a word in because he too was in tears as uh, Andres Cantor repeatedly said, uh, "Argentina champions of the world." Of note, the 2022 World Cup had the most goals of any World Cup, 172, one more than the 171 that was scored in 1998 and in 2014, and in four years' time. The world comes to Canada, the U.S., and Mexico for another World Cup, this time featuring 48 teams 
instead of 32. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.